everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. And good day. Good day. <laughs> good day to you, miss. Oh, I am loving the Halloween season, oh ladies and gentlemen. The other day, I... Okay, so I am not a pumpkin spice, like, expert or aficionado. Mm-hmm. But this year, I have made it my mission to enjoy the Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts fall menu. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts is a good pumpkin spice. So I have not gone to the Dunkin' Donuts yet, but I'm just saying it's on the list. What I have tried now is I went and I got, because I watched, listen, I put some research into this. I watched some YouTubers to figure out what everybody likes because I'm not a Starbucks, like the pumpkin spice thing isn't I, a thing. I like Dunkin' Donuts more. Okay, well, I will get there. But today, <laughs> I have tried the cold brew, the pumpkin spice cream cold brew or whatever. It's an ice drink. I'm sure that's like diabetes in a bottle. It was really kind of good. I mean, I get the small size because I don't want a lot of it. I'm not a huge pumpkin spice fan. It's like pumpkin spice milk. It was really great. I'm it sure. Was sweet. Uh, it, it's not as sweet as you think it's going to be from what I'm saying because it's cold brew. So if every, right. anybody's ever had cold yeah, brew coffee, can, yeah. it's kind of bitter. Yeah, it can be. Mm-hmm. And so adding the 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 foam that they put on the top is the thing that everyone really likes. And I think it's the thing that sells it because mm-hmm. regular pumpkin spice latte or whatever is kind of like meh to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try one of those as well. And then Starbucks has a pumpkin cream cheese muffin that's it's pretty small Mm -hmm. so it's not terrible as far as like trying to finish it or whatever and it's a pumpkin muffin and it's just got like the little cream cheese stuff on the top or Mm. on the filling and that was pretty good so i tried those two things because all over youtube it's everybody's favorite pumpkin spice from starbucks specifically i think i was telling you last week that my mom makes like this pumpkin loaf with the cream cheese spiraled in there yeah 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 Oh, and so heaven. she'll be sending us some? Uh, I can ask her. She hasn't made it in a long time, but I, I need to ask her or get the, the recipe and I'll make it. Either okay, way. please. I, um, I'm just, for everyone who's listening, you understand I'm requesting that. I would just like to say that where I start, as you do in the coffee places, which I appreciate as well, uh, for me, it's Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's has their whole fall lineup and it's a masterpiece. Okay, I have not been to Trader Joe's, so I will put that on my fall list as well. Because their harvest tea, okay. I recommend. Is it a cinnamony, pumpkiny thing? Not pumpkiny, but it's apple. Yeah, apples. cinnamon ciderish. There it is. And you know what? I'm all about it because the other side of the Starbucks menu is the apple drinks that they have. So I did want to give. Homage to the pumpkin spice, even though it's not my favorite thing in the world. And so I gave that a shot. I do like the pumpkin breads and cupcakes and things. So I did that. And now I will move to the Starbucks iced uh, apple beverages. Okay. So I will let you know. And it sounds like I need to go to Trader Joe's. But you can tell the people that I did just give you pumpkin cookies. You did. with very, And I had one last week with a, a really good filling. I love pumpkin because it. I'm an October baby. I love Halloween. I get a pumpkin pie for my birthday instead of a cake every year. But the pumpkin spice, like, big deal thing that I want to say started, like, six years ago or something. Yeah, I mean, Starbucks probably started Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) I, uh, you guys, all of you that jumped on that, 
we've been doing that for like 30 years <laughs> yeah it just became it's really like all of a sudden people are like oh my god pumpkin spice i'm like it's october it's been around for a long time i wouldn't be surprised if that was definitely a marketing thing on starbucks or it's some just, other company it's, i just think it's people that really don't know fall and halloween it's oh, like oh yeah she's super judgy i am being judgy face. right now i'm like uh this is the it took starbucks for you to figure this out not everyone i imagine lots of people listening are yelling saying yeah. not me i knew cursing me out wouldn't be the first <laughs> no time. they're just saying me too kathy yeah me too they're not especially if me. you're listening from the midwest that's right they know what's up <sighs> We have a lot of Halloween decorations all over the floor. It looks like someone vomited up Halloween, which I'm fine with. I, I figured that you would be. Like, don't judge me. I got down the Halloween decorations, and I have emptied them onto the floor in front of Kathy so that she can see what's up. I like the clown shoe with the the, the broken ankle stump thing happening. Yep. It's a rubber clown shoe with a stump is one of the things there's a dude's head on a hook that's a thing rubber of course there's freddy krueger's hand there's fred there's fred right next to you which probably doesn't fred probably doesn't have a battery in him he doesn't so we, I'm, I'm really upset about okay. that we're gonna have to put one in and make sure that happens this is the prep moment so we just we're looking around there's a witch's cauldron fred stop drinking my gator fred oh, oh god she's doing things you can't see fred Fred, all right. Oh, okay. and now she's pretending that Fred. I'm not pretending. Okay. He's alive. This is like your little creepy dolls that talk to you and stuff. Fred's one of those. Fred is not a creepy doll. He's a buddy that you lock up for 359 days out of the year. We can leave him there. Okay. For you all year. Fred has made it to the table that has friends on it. There are other friends there Jack Skellington, Yoda. There's some zombie heads. Oh, God. You're so weird. Okay. Fred's now drinking the Gatorade. Okay. You had an he event. He hasn't had anything to drink in 300%. <laughs> I feel he like needs Fred electrolytes. <laughs> I did. I have an event. You want to hear about it? I do. So Monster Palooza is a big thing that most horrorphiles know about, but they're doing a son of Monster Palooza in Burbank. Um, from October 8th through the 11th, they'll have over 150 vendors, makeup demonstrations, celebrity guests. So Monster Palooza, which I've never been to, I want to go to. I think it's in Vegas. That one's supposed to be amazing, but this is like Monster Palooza Junior that we're doing here in Burbank. Nice. Well, yeah. hey, we'll take it, right? I know. It looks pretty cool. I was looking at this other thing. There's a lot of really cool Halloween Etsy shops. Yes, I've been addicted to Halloween Etsy. Oh my gosh, Halloween Etsy is such a thing. It's dangerous. I wanted to turn you guys on to, so this was known as the original dark plaque Etsy shop. It's called 12 Months of October Co. And they specialize in dark home decor, <laughs> meaning spooky, with a weathered and distressed aesthetic. So according to their page, their decor is, quote unquote, intended to feel as though it was taken right out of the abandoned haunted house that sits at the edge of town where the ghosts dwell and light is replaced with darkness. So those who are passionate about dark home goods, horror, Halloween, you can choose from plaques that are inspired by The Shining, Adam's Family, Bride of Frankenstein, and, you know, be the pumpkin queen. You That's can, cool. You can be the pumpkin queen. I like it. 
Yeah, very cool. I just wanted to let people know. So again, it's 12 months of October Co. Okay. Oh, what else? What else you got? I have a, a news piece. Okay. Zoom dysmorphia. Yeah. How staring you. into a webcam has affected the way people see themselves. So Amen. I'm just going to <laughs> talk about this real briefly and then bring in a little bit of my experience being an online professor and then having students go back to campus and some of the stuff that I've, I was processing in like my advisement groups and what's coming up. So Please. obviously with webcams, well, I'll read a real brief piece of this article here. It's from today.com. So Zoom dysmorphia, how staring into a webcam has affected the way people see themselves. Research conducted during the pandemic shows that millions of people are dealing with Zoom dysmorphia or a feeling of unhappiness or dissatisfaction about their looks exacerbated by looking at themselves on camera all day. And the article, you can look it up. It goes into all of the anxiety about being self-conscious. You know, when we're using any sort of telehealth measure or Zoom measure, you can see yourself now, which as clinicians can be really distracting. And and we have to be really careful also of if you're doing telehealth to make sure that you're not looking like you're paying more attention to yourself than you are to the client in front of you. And sometimes it's not intentional. It's just weird to see yourself, especially as a clinician, when we're paying attention to their nonverbals and all this stuff, which is one of the reasons I'm happy to be about 75% back in the physical office. So this has become a, a, a big deal. However, the flip side to this, and they talk about this in the article as well, is although that can be problematic, the flip side of this is that when people have started to go back to the office or go back to school, they're not used to everyone seeing their whole body. So I've even had students say, we processed this before. I had my um, fieldwork class process this before we went on to campus, which was how does everybody feel about this is the first time, you know, you're going to see each other after a year. Some of you have never even met in person before. And we had a lot of people process body issues of, you know, they've been, people have seen them from the neck or the waist up for their, their whole relationship with them. Um, and now having, you know, some people put on weight during the pandemic. And so that's become a thing too. So the pandemic, obviously, you know, we, we're a little bit fatigued from talking about COVID, but this is now more so like the latent effects that we're now seeing from, from the pandemic and the months or years of isolation that we've had and people just really, you know, not having to be in the element where so many people can see them physically. So, and you can yeah. imagine how this affects all the realms, you yes. know, I, I see how it affects school. And I'm also thinking about, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I did a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, telehealth and I do some now, but I did a lot of it in the beginning, mostly because I wasn't sure if I was going to lose my job or not. So I wanted to build up a practice online so that I could still make a living because I do need to make a living, right. strangely. Uh, but what I was thinking is that so many of the people that I was treating were alone during the pandemic and they were trying to date and so I was thinking while you were talking, mm. like all of the people that have met online during this time and built really strong relationships over the course of a year or a year and a half and are now beginning to meet in person and how difficult that must be or how insecure some people, not everybody, but how some people would be with like, I've built this intimacy or friendship based on this image based or this, on this yeah. image either zoom yeah. or pictures or audio or whatever based on this image and now i'm being faced with okay like 
I really like this person, mm-hmm. you know, and now there's this, this like until you're in the room with someone physically, it's obviously a different thing. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, there could be pluses and minuses to it, right? There could be some people that their entire vibe, for lack of a better word, their criteria for people are is based on that physical chemistry and is based on enjoying someone the way they look or what have you from the waist down, right? And other people might actually have enjoyed or cared about someone from the inside out. And then maybe by the time they're meeting them, whereas it will be jarring and different and you'll have to get used to it, but they're already really caring for the person. And so the outside might not matter as much. Well, I think what you're saying is important because before the pandemic, this did exist with online dating anyway, but people would then postpone meeting each other or never meet each other or meet each other fast so that you figured out whether you were whether you were or were not wasting time that's right so with the pandemic people being safer they've they've had to extend that but then still remain interested and they've been able to build that relationship without it just being physical so yeah the intimacy gets built without all that yeah yeah so it's interesting it's changed something i want to check in real quick unfortunately I just looked up that Monster Palooza has been canceled due to the Delta variant. Oh no! She brought you in and then she tore you down. I just I wanted to make sure I had my facts right, and I, I looked know. it up, and nope. Well, and that's the way it rolls these days. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing that happened with us with Midsummer Scream too. One day it's on, one day it's off. One day be- it's on. Yeah, by the time this airs, we better have gone to those events. <laughs> We have a couple things. We had some things. We went to some things that we can't talk about yet because we haven't actually physically gone to them yet. But we did go in September to Oogie Boogie Nights and Halloween Halloween Horror Nights. So we have not gone to them just yet because we're recording a little bit early. But in in our October in end of September, our October episodes, we will be breaking all that down. We're already ready, and I'm hoping to get some audio from those as well. We've tried that in the past. hasn't really worked out that well, but we'll give it a shot. Yeah. The next thing we'd like to do is a little segment we like to call... Facts with Girl! <laughs> Amazing. I still think it's a show that people would throw shit at me if I was singing that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I would. I, I would anticipate that. <laughs> I could start it off for everyone. Here's what we do, guys. We throw something at Kathy when she does that. You ready? I am so ready. Number one. (laughs) You're so annoying. Okay. What horror film is about a young woman's sexual awakening that brings horror when she discovers her urges transform her into a monstrous black leopard? Okay. Okay. Number two, what is Jason Voorhees' weakness? Okay. Number three, how many years has the holiday of Halloween been around? Hmm, okay. Number four, in the movie American Werewolf in London, all of the songs have this word in it. Really? Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. <laughs> there's a lot of words I want to throw out there, but I'm not going to. You're going you're gonna to wait till the end. Number, <laughs> f- number five, can you name three of the 13 scariest horror film soundtracks ever written? 
Oh, okay. I can try. Yes, you can. I believe in you. <laughs> sort of. Well, oh, hey. Oh, hey. Mm. Oh, yeah. She gets so into her swag. She gets a swagger. All right. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. So today on the episode, we are going to talk about Friday the 13th. Three and four is where we're at. The third and the fourth installments of that franchise. After that, we are going to talk. I did a little horror book shopping. So I have a horror book haul and Kathy has a little merch haul that she wants to discuss. So we're going to go full into horror books and merch and then we will wrap it up with all of our watches and the answers to Kathy's damn trivia. So we'll be right back. Hi everyone. We are back. We are going to talk about Friday the 13th part three and Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Can I just say something? <laughs> yeah. I just think it's hilarious that the production teams tried desperately at the end of every Friday the 13th for that to be the last one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's so funny because it's like, these were good, just keep making them. But they really tried. They were like, we're really embarrassed, we need to ended after three and i'm like why it's just getting good it's just fun i mean they're fun and i i mean i don't know did anyone really think that these kinds of horror series were going to go on to like 10 12 14 movies at the time i don't of think course they- not but I, I just think like their reason for ending them was like these just keep getting terrible and we need to stop i'm like are they though i mean only if you take them really of course siskel and ebert have to they had to make everything like you know a, sun, a sundance film <laughs> Right? But no, just dude. relax. Yeah, just relax. Oh. Relax. Yeah. Yeah, he says calm down, which makes us all calm. very calm. Just calm down. <laughs> calm down. I mean, I like art horror the next, uh, you know, as much as the next weirdo, but I relax. I also know what things are like. I think that things are excellent when they do what they say they're going to do. That's right. And Friday the 13th was not trying to, you know, teach you about trauma. Relax. (laughs) (sighs) Although we haven't gotten to some of the really bad ones yet. (laughs) That's what I'm saying though. So I I get wanting to end it after Jason takes Manhattan, (laughs) although as much as I love Kane, but this like after three or four, like they still were Really fun? Right. I don't know. I'll give you my opinion in a moment. Okay. So Friday the 13th Part 3 came out in 1982. It's 95 minutes long. Having revived from his wounds, Jason Voorhees takes refuge at a cabin near Crystal Lake. As a group of co-eds arrive for their vacation, Jason continues his killing spree. So that could be any one of them, really, except for the woods part. I call this one... The van one. He just keeps getting more deformed in every single one. So I also wrote a note to myself saying, you know what? I really prefer it when we don't see his face. Well, here's what's hilarious. But these early ones you do. So we know that this is the one where he gets his hockey mask. Yep. Which we also know. Or if you didn't know, I will tell you right now. He gets his hockey mask. That he gets his hockey mask. And that was a prop that just happened to be on set because one of the prop guys just had his hockey stuff there. And they were like, ah. Put that on him. And they went, oh my God, there it is. The other reason was, and I think this is pretty funny, but not because it's not a serious movie, that 
the reason they really wanted to get rid of that sack was he looked like the elephant man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not a good look. Well, we talked about that last time. That's an actual condition. Yes. And, and they didn't really want... Him. No, I'm saying with the sack on his head. Yeah, that yeah. was a very elephant oh, man yeah. mask. Which is the same condition that they said Jason that, had. That's right. So they were going in that direction, and then they were like, you know what? We don't actually want that to be a thing. No. Okay. No. And And part three was supposed to take place in the hospital. It was actually supposed to be a lot like Halloween 2, where it was supposed to follow Ginny, and Jason seeks revenge on Ginny, but they were like, no, they did that in Halloween 2 or whatever, and then they changed the whole thing. Can I just say that Friday the 13th Part 3 is actually one of my favorite in the series? Oh, that's amazing. Why is that, do you think? Some of the best kills in this one. The harpoon through the eye, then the dumbass with the hockey mask, the idiot. I think it's also because you like the 80s, and there's a lot of 80s in this. There's a lot of 80s in it. You know, this is the movie that brought back 3D, because 3D was big in like the 50s or whatever, and then it kind of died off. Yep. And then this was one of the movies that, recreated 3d to be a thing again because when it came out in the theaters if people didn't know the final chapter came out as a 3d movie and it sort of re it it recharged or restarted the 3d hype which was not it was short-lived yeah so get your vr on and watch the three it's 3d it's literally called friday the 13th part 3 3d that's what it was so yeah i just i think this one had really good kills and Jason was just, he was smarter in this one. Um, he gets his mask. But yeah, I mean, there's th- throat slashing. There's harpoon through the eye. There's like, I don't know. It's it's a brutal one. I like, And it 80- is very 80s. I like the 80s motorcycle gang. Oh my God. Yes. That's that's kind of what I'm flashing on when you're saying you really liked it. Just having Forgot sat with about you. Them. Just having sat with you for a few years now and knowing your horror taste. I'm like, of course this is her favorite one because it's got... An 80s gang in it. I forgot about that till you said that. And he redeems himself at the and a, end. And a hippie van from the 70s because it's 82. So, you yeah. know, they were they were shooting it on the cusp, right? Of the cusp of the 80s. So yes. a hippie van. And then you get to the barn, the very cool barn setting that's half the movie. And it's an 80s gang getting slaughtered. Yes. Basically, every one of them just enters the barn and dies. So this was made in 1982, but it actually wasn't released till 1984, which is interesting. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me. No, <laughs> but it did make $33 million in the box office. Yeah, much anticipated. Well, 3D, I mean, people were going to check that out, I bet. Yeah. You know? Plus, one and two did well. Yeah, and you know what? There's a brunette final girl. There is. And I kind of dug that. Yeah. That's the 80s for you. Yep. We went a little brunette in the 80s. Yes, we did. Which was good for me. <laughs> Which was good, good, good. And then there's Mrs. Voorhees from the water. Yeah, they did a they did a little switch there. A he did that for Mama. Mama little, came back and helped him out in that one. Little switcheroo. How he, about when Jason pins his hand with the corkscrew? Right. I mean, and and then the the striking him in the face with a meat cleaver. There's so many good kills in this one. Yeah, I mean the just from the very beginning. There's like the the house husband and housewife at the beginning with the laundry and everything. You know, he gets it in the chest. She gets it back to front, which is very typical Friday the Thirteenth. The motorcycle gang in the in the in the again the very cool barn. The hippie guy gets electrocuted. There's stomach wounds. There's head wounds. There's all kinds of things. Although I must say, this this Voorhees is not my favorite. 
like the per, no. the per like it's the really tall lanky guy and i don't i'm not vibing with it and i'm glad that he's not in that much of it in other words obviously he kills everybody yeah because now it is jason killing he kills everybody and so you see his hand or his wounds or whatever but you don't actually see him and then there's this part where he kind of saunters out over the water yes and i'm like who's that guy yeah and i <laughs> That's actually not jason i me. actually made an error the corkscrew in the hand is number four not number three all right well, but we'll we'll get to that but did you have anything else to say about three um except i mean it's your favorite one my goodness. i remember watching the so the scene where the guy who actually has the hockey mask the dumbass that gets killed the scene where he's walking into the barn I had this thought when I was watching it and this is before, obviously before Jason gets his mask. Right. And I'm thinking nobody knew at this moment, at this very moment, as we're watching the scene is this guy's just like innocently just carrying his hockey gear into the, that about 30 seconds after this, that mask that he's holding would become one of the most iconic, like, up until that point, that hockey mask was just a hockey mask. Yeah. I know this sounds like stupidly profound, but as a horror watcher, I'm sitting there like, in about 25 seconds, that mask that he's holding that means absolutely nothing right now will change horror forever. Right. And they didn't know that. They didn't know that. They didn't know that when they were cutting the film. They yeah. didn't know that when it came out. I mean, they, no, they didn't know that. And then they just used it and used it and used it. And then they ended up making all of these films, which they also didn't know they were going to do. So... I mean, but that's how things get into the culture. Is It's not usually like, I'm going to change culture. Same with Michael's mask. They just do it. It's they went just to creativity. like the CVS and picked up a... Yeah, it's just creativity. Mask. And, yeah. and so that's I, honestly why I'm always encourage, encouraging people to just do it. Like, our beginnings on this show were very meager. Mm-hmm. And we just did it. And now we're doing a little bit better. And we continue to want to grow and do better. But that's just what you do. You get creative and then you just do it. Yeah, it, it it's just number three, I think for me, that's why is because it really shifted the whole, that hockey mask that was such a like happenstance for sure became so legendary like that. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So, okay. Number four, number four, the final chapter, which it mm-hmm. wasn't the final. Can chapter. we talk about Corey Feldman and Crispin Glover mm-hmm. in this and Crispin Glover's uh, dancing? Friday the 13th, the final chapter. I'm just going to table your comment for a moment. <laughs> 91 minutes, 1984. Yeah, I know. I just started spewing just take, shit. Have a candy corn. After, or don't. <laughs> After being mortally wounded and taken to the morgue, murderer Jason Voorhees spontaneously revives and embarks. His first revival, y'all. <laughs> Not really. And embarks on a killing spree as he makes his way back to his home at Camp Crystal Lake. So clearly this was supposed to be the last one um, because of Corey Feldman's like really weird stare into the camera at the end. Like, was he embodying Jason? Was he becoming the next? I would have really enjoyed if the series, I mean, I, I'm, I enjoy what they did do, but yeah. I would have absolutely enjoyed if they had gone down that road and made Corey Feldman the, the, the next Jason Voorhees. He would have been like ever. a cross between Jason Voorhees and Michael Jackson. <laughs> also it would go it would like jason would have done the moonwalk <laughs> in space he goes to space okay you've, you're on to something okay <laughs> just looking 
looking at me like, like I have need, an idea. Yeah, I have an idea. <laughs> you need to like this. But yeah, no, I would have actually really enjoyed it if if it wasn't the final chapter, but it was like can we but like the scene where he shaves his head because it would have been and so he's like bad. jason and he's at the bottom it's, of the staircase and like the so hair is still bad. like so crazy it, it's like supposed to, is, was he supposed to be reminding him <laughs> of like when he was a deformed kid in the water like what was that shaved head and then yeah no he was shaving his head to, to like mirror his like yes. deformed child look <laughs> yes he was literally shaving his head because jason's head is shaved I know, but it was like, but the little pieces that were still, I know. it was ridiculous. Oh my God. And he took himself very seriously. But in then that Jason. Part. Yeah. Jason looked at him like, looked at him like, it's me. Yeah. Mirroring. And there's just like this moment, this profound fucking moment of like, oh, my child. <laughs> and Corey Feldman looking completely ridiculous. This was pre Goonies. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. It was. And, yes. And. <laughs> Crispin Glover's dancing in that scene okay, so was apparently awesome. the other really important thing about this movie <laughs> is, as we know, Crispin Glover was dancing to like an ACDC tune or some shit on the set. And so he, he has been spoke, spoken in interviews about how it really wasn't as bad if you knew the song. I was it's like, no, 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 no you Crispin. were, you were really bad. So sorry. It was, it was, yeah. but no, I mean, I think he's, I mean, I can't imagine he's being serious when he says that because he was obviously trying to look silly. I mean, 80s dancing was profoundly bad in many, on many occasions and very herky-jerky like that. For those of you who have seen like Molly Ringwall movies and stuff. No, it was, but his was like extra. But he's so cute, Kathy. I had such a crush on Crispin They Glover. They try to make him like a stud in this one, which is so funny. He was so cute. Well, he gets deflowered, doesn't he? He or? does get deflowered. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he really is really bragging about it when he brings the underwear back into the... And his laugh and the other guy's laugh. What about the other guy who's watching the weird like 1920s porn? Yeah, well, that's a famous guy. He was also he was also in like those kind of breakfasty bunch type of movies. Who was that? I don't know. You're gonna make me look it up now. It's not in the Breakfast Club. So I didn't say the Breakfast Club. I said type of movies, breakfasty kind of movies. You know what I meant? Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's what he was in. (laughs) If you'd like to fill the dead air while I look this up for you, (laughs) Um, please do. There are actually a lot of people in this, but Corey Feldman, I just want to go back to Corey Feldman for a moment because he actually, he took this role very seriously. Yes, he did. As you should. I mean, what option do you have? Really? You have to sell it, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted to sell that. He was like a crazy kid that was going to kill it. I mean, he he really goes for gold there in the end because he He kills Jason. So Tommy, having disguised himself to look like Jason as a child, distracts him long enough for Trish to hit him with the machete. (laughs) But she merely whacks off his mask. She really had terrible aim in that scene. So the corkscrew scene I was talking about while you're looking this up, that's when Crispin Glover was in the kitchen and he was really excited because he had just gotten laid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was looking for the wine opener. And then Jason (laughs) comes out of nowhere and just corkscrews him. He got screwed twice see what you did there that's what horror movies do they play on those weird puns no i'm i'm sure that's exactly what they were doing i mean no problem you right? got screwed huh? <laughs> yeah four I was mean, four was decent but it wasn't it i mean okay so i can say that i actually like four because it has that 
very 80s vibe yeah, to it. it was like, fun. We are solidly in the 80s, whereas 3 was on the cusp of the 80s, so mm-hmm. they still had the van and the joints and the hair, the like s- Cheech and Chong. The now, 70s now feel. We're in, yeah, it still had that, because it was probably still the 70s when they were trying to shoot that, or when they wrote it. So now we're solidly in the 80s, and the high-waisted pants on the girls, and the hairdos, and the weird dancing, I just... Mm. It made me kind of happy to watch this movie. And Corey Feldman, as weird as he is, I just really enjoy seeing him when he was young because he was such a quirky, weird kid. And I really would have been interested to see if they do yet another chain of, you know, if they get the rights to and they get to do some more Friday the 13th movies, it would be cool if one of the incarnations, you know, because you know how Halloween does them over and over again. If Friday the 13th gets their shit sorted out and gets to do that, I would really love it if they did a, like, what happened next after Friday the 13th of Chapter 3. It would be a lot like Halloween 3, where yeah. it would be a, just a different thing mm-hmm. because it wouldn't be Jason necessarily, mm-hmm. although I'm sure some writer could figure out how to do it in flashbacks or something. But if Jason were dead and, the gro- and you know, Corey Feldman took over, or it was, like, the grown-up Corey Feldman, whoever would play that, maybe him. Oh, boy. Well, the grown-up Corey Feldman's in number five. Right, but I'm just saying, like, if it was that without Jason. I know. I just feel like it would be like a Halloween three where totally. people would revolt. Like a stand, but a standalone. Yeah. People would maybe revolt, like not like it, but I just would love to see if anybody can make something of that. We might have to but. do some Halloween three on the discord real soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, you've already asked me and I absolutely want to do that. <clears throat> I think it's important. What? No, I was, I'm just looking ahead because we're getting really close to, to your boy coming in. We, I know. we have, we have two more before your boy comes in. Yeah. So the next time we talk about Friday the 13th, we will do five and six, whatever those are. I'm obviously not so saying the a, proper title. A new but. beginning is number five. Okay. And what's um, number six? And number six is, I'll find that out. For and you right now we are all being, ju- we are being judged because we don't know all of the names. I don't fucking, I mean, there's so many, Jason lives. Oh golly. Okay. So those will be the next two. And then we're going to go on and on to the end with just two each time. And honestly, guys, we're just having fun. I wanted to have some fun rewatching this and we hope that you're rewatching it with us and can laugh at our, <laughs> Kind of our noobness to the whole thing. We just enjoy them as really simple movies. And yeah. I know that I know that big Friday the 13th nerds can go get their deep dives from other podcasts. There's a really great podcast called The Halloweenies that have been around forever. And they've done Halloween that way. They've done Friday the 13th that way. So I would say check them out because they do two four-hour episodes on each single movie. And there's it's like two to four dudes sitting around talking all the nerd shit. Yeah. And it's really fun. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I've listened to them. Halloweenies? Yeah. I'll have to look that That's, one up. I've been trying to find a really good Halloween podcast. So, well, or like horror podcast. That's right. not us. Right. <laughs> right. No, there's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch. But that one is fun because it's just, it's like dudes shooting the shit. Okay. about about the movie but they also have a budget they're sponsored by some big people and they have a lot of knowledge they actually have some histories cool. with you know in the industry and stuff like that so they have a lot of knowledge and it's really interesting so look them up. right on and, and while she looks that up we're going to take a break and our next segment is going to be our horror book and merch haul so stick around Oh, 
everybody, let's talk books and uh, merch. Okay. Horror specifically, or oh. Halloween specifically. Okay. <laughs> I want to bring up that we have just begun on our uh, patron-only Discord this book. So if you want to read along with us we plan to be done by october 3rd and if you join if you happen to join the discord our patron patreon before that you will have a live voice chat with kathy and i about the book on october 3rd it is called the whisper man it is by alex north and it happens to be a new york times bestseller and kathy picked this book i have not read it before i liked the 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 description of it I like books that take place in small towns and it just has, you know, the serial killer vibe that we like. Um, about 82 pages in where, you know, we, it, when we read it for the book club, we split it up into three, four parts. And so we're going up to page 116 for this first round. Yep. Um, and so far it's pulled me and I'm not going to give too much away of my thoughts because I know we're going to discuss it on the discord, but yeah, I just wanted to yeah. tell the people a little bit about it mm -hmm. and maybe they get interested and read along with us because what will happen is after we have our private chat on October 3rd about the book uh, with our friends on the Discord, we will then talk about it on the show. And so if you want to read along and then hear what we have to say in an abbreviated version here on the show, that'd be great. So it's about this. Here's the description. After the sudden death of his wife, Tom Kennedy believes a fresh start will help him and his young son, Jake, heal. A new beginning, a new house, a new town. Featherbank is the name of the town. But the town has a dark past. 20 years ago, a serial killer abducted and murdered five residents. Until Frank Carter was finally caught, he was nicknamed the Whisper Man, for he would lure his victims out by whispering at their windows at night. How creepy is that? Mm-hmm. Just as Tom and Jake settle into their new home, a young boy vanishes. His disappearance bears an unnerving resemblance to Frank Carter's crimes, reigniting old rumors that he prayed with an accomplice. Okay. Now detectives Amanda Beck and Pete Willis must find the boy before it's too late. And then Jake begins acting strangely. He hears a whispering at his window. So serial killer vibes. Yep. Right on. I'm glad you're enjoying it so far. Yeah, I like uh, stuff like this for the fall, too, especially as the weather gets colder. And this this takes place in a town that there are, like you can tell that, you know, it's got that cool, crisp sort of. Yeah, yeah. that fall. That's vibe. why I like Darcy Coates. I talked about her last week. Yeah, actually, I was going to mention. Yeah. So uh, as part of the haul today, what I went out and purchased was Darcy Coates has a lot of different series that mm -hmm. she has. And I know Kathy talks about her pretty regularly, but I've never read her. So what I did was I just bought two books that sounded interesting to me personally, because she writes about a lot of different things. Yeah. And there's only two in the series and they are house of shadow and house of secrets. And it's, it's interesting. Let me just give you a little bit about this. So, Sophie's world is shattered when disaster bankrupts her family. She's still reeling when she's offered an unexpected solution. Mr. Argenton, a wealthy stranger, has asked for her hand in marriage. Marrying Mr. Argenton will save her family, but it condemns Sophie to a life in Northwood, a vast and unnaturally dark mansion <laughs> situated hours from civilization. Still, she has no choice but to accept the offer and hope the darkness won't swallow her whole. It's a struggle to adjust to her new position as mistress over the desolate house. So you can always tell, like, it's got, you know, it's got, haunty vibes which i really love 
love. Mm-hmm. Mr. Argenton's relatives are cold, and the manor is more than it seems. Doors slam, and human figures slink through the surrounding forest. Yeah. So you can see where it's going. And that's got two books. And so I bought those. I'm going to give those a try for the Darcy inaugural read of Excellent. mine. Yeah, I'll be curious to hear what you think about her writing. Yeah, and what you can see if you were looking at me is the books aren't that big. It was like 250, 60 pages, which these days is a pretty, is a reasonable, <laughs> reasonable book. Mm-hmm. Most books are like 300, 350 pages these days. So what are you reading? I started the Final Girl Support Group. Okay, and how is that? So, you know, we love our Grady Hendrix. And uh, last week I talked about My Best Friend's Exorcism and we've read Horror Store on uh, our book club before. And this one is, you know, it's it's great. It's hard for me because I feel like I really peaked with my best friend said, yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to live up to that. Nothing will. No, no. And so just know that, right? But this is good. So I'll give you the synopsis. It's uh, Lynette Tarkington is a real life final girl who survived a massacre for more than a decade. She's been meeting with five other final girls and their therapist in a support group for those who survived the unthinkable working to put their lives back together. Then one woman misses a meeting and their worst fears are realized. Someone knows about the group and is determined to rip their lives apart again, piece by piece. But the thing about final girls is that no matter how bad the odds, how dark the night, how sharp the knife, they will never, ever give up. It's funny. It's fast. The characters, especially the main character, you know a lot about her. He's so descriptive in her trauma. And how she lives now that she's been a fine or she is a final girl. Mm-hmm. The therapist is great. It's good. I mean, okay. I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah, I think when you when you come off of a book you really love, it's hard because he's such a good writer, though. But but I enjoyed. I enjoy. You know, I, as you guys know, I'm reading one of his other books right now. So yeah. I just enjoy his writing. So uh, you know, you're always going to have your favorite, whatever your favorite yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Another author that I just started reading, I actually have a bunch of her books. It's one of those things where, you know, it's like you, you know, you buy a bunch of Darcy Coates books, but you've only read two of them or whatever. I I bought a bunch of her books because I keep finding. So, you know, when you're in the bookstore, this is how a haul begins for me. (laughs) You're in the bookstore and you're just in the mood. So you're in the mood to go and find some books. Mm -hmm. And that that really has to be the first piece for me because sometimes I can go in the bookstore and peruse and not buy anything, but it was an enjoyable 20 minutes with my coffee. Okay. But sometimes you're in the mood. So Ruth Ware is the author of a book called The Woman in Cabin 10. And this was a New York Times bestseller. It's probably her most famous book. Now, she's written a bunch of other books. Mm -hmm. Here's what happens when you find an author that you like and you don't really remember that you like them. So that's kind of in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start just start picking up random books and you read the back and you like them. And then all of a sudden, one day, when you look at your bookshelves, you realize you have four of this person's books. You're like, oh, I must always be attracted to what they're writing, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what happened for me with Ruth Ware. So the other day I did start, it's one of my haul books, but I did start reading this. I'm only in chapter five, but it starts out with a bang. Okay. Let's put it that way. And I am enjoying it. And the cover is like a rainy airplane day. So it just felt kind of fall. Oh, I like that. It's like fall. Yeah. Like like you're looking out of a, it's actually because the woman in cabin 10 is it's on a boat. Okay. So 
the picture on the cover is of the waves outside and the water splashing over and her looking out the port portal window. I am enjoying it. This is the description. Well, let's see. Do we really want to read the description? Because I'm just not sure that's going to do it justice. But <laughs> It's a thriller. It won a lot of awards. <laughs> let's put it that way. There's a female character. It's like a beach read thriller is what it says okay. on the back. It has sun suspense and it goes well with SBF is one of the, one of the reviews. Right. Pulse quickening, psychological thriller. These are the words that are jumping out from the back of the book. It induces heart palpitations. Oh my gosh. If you're a fan of Agatha Christie, get ready to curl up with this suspenseful okay. mystery. So I'm in chapter five and shit's already gone down. I mean, literally chapter one, boom, you're in it. So that's a cool book Okay, that happens, right? Is there anything else that you're reading before I blow through these no. others? Okay. Not right now. Not anything horror related anyway. So I also picked up Ruth Ware's The Turn of the Key, which I have not read. And again, uh, Ruth Ware is often talked about as like, oh, she's the Agatha Christie of our generation. She's a New York Times bestselling author, so a lot of her books have, you know, made it up the ranks. She gets Goodreads Choice Awards all of the time. You know, these things are a great read, but like I said, I haven't read a lot of her books. I just keep being attracted to them, so I've collected them. So now I'm finally diving in, and I will let you all know how this first one is. But I also picked up The Turn of the Key, and I have a couple more over there on the shelf of hers, which I can chat about some other time. I also picked up Tosca Lee is an author who's also a New York Times best-selling author. This book is a thriller. It's called The Line Between. And I picked this one up because the cover is a snowy mm. a snowy situation. Mm-hmm. And I figure by the time I get to it, it'll be, winter. <laughs> it'll be snowy. So when Winter Roth is cast out of New Earth, a doomsday cult on the American prairie, she emerges into a world nearly ravaged by a mysterious outbreak of rapid early onset dementia. Oh yeah. I thought this sounded interesting, like a twist on the apocalypse, you know, virus type of thing. But let's see as winter adjusts to life on the outside, she finds herself face to face with the apocalypse. She's feared all her life until her sister shows up with a case of medical samples, which may be the key to understanding the terrifying epidemic. So you see how topical (laughs) I was thinking this was now as the nation descends into chaos, winter I just love that her name is Winter, and of course it's like this winter scene on the front. Winter, aided by former military man Chase Miller, must find a way to get the samples to the lab in Colorado. Action-packed and thought-provoking, the line between is a high-octane story of love and survival in the world on the brink of madness. Mm. So there's that. I also bought Alex North's, I think, newer. It's a newer novel. It's called The Shadows. Shadows. I've seen the cover for that one before. Yeah, it's a hardback, so I'm just thinking Mm -hmm. That's actually a good-looking book. Right? Yeah. I think the covers, actually, if you'll find his books, have this font on it. Mm -hmm. You know how they brand authors these days where they come out with like a new series and all their books look the same? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, this is Alex's font, so (laughs) everybody's got a brand, right? You knew a teenager like Charlie Crabtree, a dark imagination, a sinister smile, always on the outside of the group. Some part of you suspected he might be capable of doing something awful. 25 years ago, Crabtree did just that. 
committing a murder so shocking that it's attracted that strange kind of infamy, infamy that only exists on the darkest corners of the internet and has inspired more than one copycat. Paul Adams remembers the case all too well. Crabtree and his victim were Paul's friends. Paul has slowly put his life back together, but now his mother, old and suffering from dementia, what's with the dementia theme? I don't know. Has taken a, maybe I have a problem, yes. has taken a turn for the worse. Though every inch of him resists it, it is time to come home, and it's not long before things start to go wrong. Paul learns that Detective Amanda Beck, remember, from mm-hmm. The Whisper Man, yep. <laughs> is investigating another copycat that has struck in the nearby town of Featherbank. His mother Oh, back to the same town. Exactly. His mother is distressed, insistent that there's something in the house and someone is following him, which reminds him of the most unsettling thing about that awful day 25 years ago. It wasn't just a murder. It was the fact that afterward, Charlie Crabtree was never seen again. So... Yeah. So I have this to read after the Whisper Man. Got it. Cool, man. Yep. So you have some merch you wanted to. I, it's that time of year. <laughs> it sure is. I'd just like to say that I'm currently working on a 3,231 piece Lego haunted house. Of course you are. This thing is fucking fantastic. Ah, if you do say so yourself. Um, it's they they have a whole haunted series. Didn't I buy you a little I bought you a little graveyard a couple of years yeah. ago, right? Yep. Um this is so cool and it has two different layers. There's I mean two different levels. There is an elevator in it. There's a little organ, there's a a skeleton in chains hung upside down. There's cobwebs, there's ghost figures. Nice. There's a little man in a wheelchair. Not sure what that's about. If that's supposed to be like a <laughs> homage to the changeling, I don't know. There's guys in the top hats that look like the haunted mansion. <laughs> um, it's really a cool piece. And then it all it closes all the way and opens all the way. And I'm currently working on it. And the book for it is oh, like the instructional the book? instructional book is like 300. I mean, it's it's like that. You guys can't see me, but it's like that. <laughs> Oh, thanks for showing yeah. me that. Yeah, um, it's really thick. So this is obviously one of like their adult series. Not that kids can't do it, but you know they they make all longer. of these really fun ones now for like eighteen and up, which I love. Like, as Legos are still so therapeutic to me and so much fun. Awesome. Um, so I'm having really a ball working on this. Um, it's so a lot glad. of fun. And so people would just go to the Lego store or you can go to Amazon. It's, it's uh, $250 on Lego.com and you can find it on Amazon for about the same price. Um, Mercari, I think has it for two thirty, So it's in there. You and can what's pro- it called? Okay. Um, it's just Lego haunted house. Oh, okay. Great. There's oh, two different, there's, there's a couple of different versions. In fact, there's one that is in moratorium that you can buy on eBay for $560. And it's the old, it's the wow. one that came out before this one. And if you look it up, it's Lego. The number is one zero two, two, eight. Um, it's monster fighters, retired product. And if you look this thing up, it looks like just like the haunted mansion from Disney. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, I'm looking at it right now on eBay and it's $560 and it is rad. This thing's amazing. Um, and Frankenstein, Frankenstein's in it and, um, zombie. I mean, it's just and the characters are so cool. It's really fun. So with this, this haunted house though, that I'm working on, (laughs) you can also buy an extension that you can, I think it's either, it's some sort of battery control, but it actually has lights. So you can light it up. Nice. Yeah. 
So when you're done or whatever, you'll you'll do that thing like Christmas lights and you'll ting. What I might do is I'll probably keep it at my house right now for the season, but I'm thinking about all year long keeping it here in the office because it's just really cool. <laughs> so we like can, after the season, you'll move it over here? Yeah, so we can put it on this table here. It's really cool to look at. It's cool. really, really fun. So there is that. Amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very amazing. Did very you have fun. something else that yeah, you got? Yeah, I... Um, I have a couple of things. So my friend and I who do our big Halloween thing at his house every year, even if it's just like five of us, we still do it because he's, he's my friend that has like all the lasers and the swamp lasers and like four fog machines and all of that is I might even get an invite this year. Yeah. Well you did last year, but you went to Joe Bob last year. That's right. I Um, had a Joe Bob date. So this year he is purchasing. So we, I get him one big obnoxious thing every year. Last year I got him a massive uh, demon scarecrow that like is motion centered and he's really loud and lights up the room and the whole thing. And Fantastic. we put him up on this like massive wooden thing he's got up on his wall. Mm-hmm. This year we're looking at, and he's also owns his own um, construction company. So he's really good with like putting stuff together. Sure. We are looking at projectors this year. Okay. And the projectors, the Halloween projectors that they have this year, this is really cool. And one thing that we're thinking about doing is you can buy, there's different ones. So the hol- there's the Halloween uh, projector you can just get on Amazon that's like $70. But they also have ghostly apparitions ones for like 130 They have one that you can actually replicate the haunted mansion statues and put your own facial expressions on it. You know, when you go through the ride and they're like kind of moving and talking to you, you can actually put those in your backyard with your own faces on them. Oh my gosh. And then the other thing we're looking at doing is really creepy, really creepy uh, um, are the ones that you put in the windows and you can, you can see like, you put the projector screen behind it and like the zombies chasing (gasps) the guy and you can see it from like the street. So we're like going to go a little nuts this year with that. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's like post kind of middle late po late covid. Yeah. <laughs> the late covid mood, I'm sure is like go big or go home with this kind of I thing. stopped by his house yesterday and we got like real serious. Okay. Started talking about. And then the last thing I'll mention is I think you know that every time we've gone to Disney, I bought a Halloween mug one year that I absolutely adored. And every time we go into the stores, remember, I'm like, I want to find a new mug this year. I haven't been able to find that same one. I felt like they only made it that year. So I went on to eBay and people are selling the older version. So I found it's a Disney Park Halloween Haunted Mansion mug and there's a series of them and i have the one from like 2018 so i found another one and i ordered it so now i have like two out of the four or five that they have the other one sold really quickly but i love this mug it has the haunted mansion on it it has all of them like mickey's like dracula in it and goofy's on this one it's a there's a whole collector set so I'm just going to town this year. You got two out of four. Two out of four. And (laughs) then I went to Michael's yesterday and got even more stuff for the house. So I'm like, I'm in the throes of it and I'm loving it. No, I, I, I appreciate that. That's amazing. And that's why I dumped all of the horror decorations onto the floor to start start us off. Because what I'm thinking is, is that some of them can just stay in here. Although, you know, I mean, it's a pretty big room, but obviously it can't accommodate everything. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a few things that we could maybe just keep in here that would give bring us joy all year round. Well, that's why I'm going to bring that haunted house over. Well, and we'll clear out room and there's some cabinets here. I can put some stuff in the cabinets and we can switch them out. You we know certainly what I'm saying? can. Like we can switch stuff out. 
Okay. All right, cool. Thank you so much for that. We're going to continue to talk about this stuff because, well, I buy horror books all year long and so do you. So yeah. I feel like we can always talk about that. And I didn't even get to the rest of my haul. I only talked about a handful of books and there's a handful of books that I'm reading that I haven't even talked about. So, And I'm always buying merch. Yeah. And you're always buying some shizzle. So mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, and I have a feeling that our listeners are too. And they are always looking for new stuff to buy. Yeah. <laughs> because... That's the way we roll. So give us a minute. We'll be right back. We'll do our watches and then wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're going to talk about some movies. But first, I just wanted to do this. I just wanted to do that. I'm going to throw that one out at you. It must every be now nice then. to have the buttons in front of you. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> She's got button envy. She looked at me like, I'd why are you pressing that shit? Why you? Yeah. I can't only imagine what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe better if I have the buttons. It, it, uh, what are you saying? It'd be like a, having a five-year-old in front of the board. Yeah. Because you just go like, Yeah, I might. <laughs> Just press, press all the buttons. But maybe if I had the buttons in front of me, I wouldn't want to use them as much. Maybe not. You just have button envy. Whatever. Dirty pillows. I can see your dirty pillows. <laughs> okay, Carrie. What have you been watching? Let's do some horror watches. I have been watching season four of the Slasher series oh. on Shudder. Okay. Have you been watching that as well? The Slasher series? No. Okay. The synopsis for this season, and I'm through episode five. I think they're up to seven, so I'm behind by a couple. The season follows a wealthy but dysfunctional family gathering for a reunion on a schedule, uh, secluded island. Their old wounds and competitive rivalries flare up when the family realize, realizes a masked killer is on the island intent on cruelly picking them off one by one. Now, may I ask a question before you, you continue? You may. You are on season five, you said? Season, season four. Season four. So you have watched all the seasons. I have not. Oh. This is the newest season. I did not know, because I didn't have Shudder up until this year. Okay, so my question is mm-hmm. just, are all the seasons different? You I, didn't have I to believe, watch from the beginning? I believe they're different. Okay, gotcha, yes. gotcha, gotcha. So kind of like American Horror Story. All right. I, I believe. Perfect. Um, well, I you're correct, hoping. <laughs> I will correct myself if I'm wrong, but the... Like, even in the synopsis, it doesn't say anything about it being a continuation. Nice. I mean, you're hoping, right? Because it start. I mean, the way that it starts off, they're introducing everything. So, yeah. So it's a Canadian American anthology horror television series. Yeah. So anthology, meaning all the different stories. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be like an American horror story. So, um, you find out in the first episode, I won't give anything away, but you find out in the first episode that the father of this wealthy family is dying Mm -hmm. and he's choosing to undergo euthanasia because he doesn't want to feel the effects of dying a slow, painful death. But he also chooses, he says to the family, whoever wins this ultimate game will inherit all of my money because you are all savages, you're all selfish, none of you've worked for my money, so you can fuck off and fight each other to the death for it. So it reminds me a little bit of that Twilight Zone episode. So there's that. On top of it, it has the same acting feeling of American horror story the act like the acting style feels like that okay um and then I would also say it has elements of like saw 
Mm-hmm. And then even Haunting of Hill House with the whole family dynamic. Okay. So, I'm, so you're enjoying it because that's, that's proud company right there. It's proud company. All of those other four definitely are, in, in my opinion, better. But I think they're inf- it influences this. Mm-hmm. I have a love-hate relationship with the series because the actors are... the. The characters, I should say, not the actors. The characters are so unlikable, which is intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, give or take a few that I'm watching it and like they're, I just watched episode five and I wanted to put my boot through the screen <laughs> because there's one character that I'm like, will you just fucking die? I mean, to the point where yeah. she like allows her own child to die, yeah, you know? Okay. So, right. so it, it's, uh, it's good if you like that saw kind of. They're going to fight each other to the death. And it also is just, you know, a metaphor for what people do for money. Right. And it's a tried and true premise, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like we haven't seen this a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, if you like that premise, if you like that trope, it's a good one. Right. It works, right? It, it sets every, for a slasher, it sets everybody, you know, at each other's throat. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So depending on how this one ends, I may go back and watch some of the other seasons, but I'm enjoying it so far. Nice. I, I started watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Have you watched it? Yet? I haven't started the new season, but I just love that show. So, oh my and the God, movie too. it's so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. So I watched the first couple of episodes. You know, the episodes are only 30 watched, minutes long. Maybe I watched the first one. Okay. First if episode, you guys yeah. haven't, we rewatched them on the Discord, just a few of us. Cause of course on Fridays, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to get, of course, people together to rewatch a series because people tap out or yeah. they're busy one Friday or they're not busy and whatever. But we tried to do it real fast. And uh, the diehards that love that show, we all, we all rewatched in anticipation of the new season. So it's all pretty fresh in my mind. And the first few couple of episodes, you know, they're going to do an episode a week you know, mm-hmm. release just like a lot of shows are going back to that paradigm only on streaming services. So that's how that's happening these days. Right guys. Anyway, I watched the first couple of episodes and I like it so far. It's freaking hilarious. It is amazing. It's like, genius. They're, they're up they're doing their usual thing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so please everybody jump on the bad bandwagon with that show. If you haven't already, if you like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia mm-hmm. shows like that. You're going to love this because it's, it's basically that with vampires. Well, it has like even like a Christopher guest feel to yes, it too. Yeah. Exactly. All mm-hmm. that kind of mockumentary yeah. type of deal. It's great. It's got that mockumentary feel, which I love. Okay. What else? Uh, and the other one I watched was a movie from 2018 called the open house. It has Dylan Minnette, who I not a huge fan of, although I thought he was pretty good in this. He's the main guy in 13 reasons why, which I completely hated. Oh that yes, series. yes, yes. But you hated it on like psychological reasons. I hated it so much. A lot of people did. Yeah, a lot of controversy around. Yeah, that it was, it was just, it's maybe an, we should talk about it sometime. Yeah. I, I it sensationalized suicide. But anyway, this started off, like, oh my gosh, this might actually be pretty good. Okay, so the first 20 minutes or so were good. And even the plot. So a suburban yeah. father is killed after being hit by a car, unemployed and financially unable to support herself and her teenage son, Logan. His wife, Naomi, agrees to move into her sister's secluded mountain chalet until it sells. Upon moving into the beautiful home, Naomi and Logan encounter their elderly neighbor, Martha, she's a mess, who behaves strangely, and Chris a pleasant store clerk. So small town, very similar to Whisperman. Like it has that same setup, right? Gotcha. 
And it's an open house because the house is for sale while they're living there and they're trying to find somebody to buy it. And then all of a sudden, this mysterious killer is around and harassing them. And you're trying to figure out like, is it the old lady? Is it the store clerk? You know, it's all that sort of thing that you do. I'm not going to give anything away. However, when it ends, you go, what? (laughs) And why? And that was the dumbest motive for a killer. Yeah. And they did not stick the ending. And not only did they not stick the ending, all of the middle that's going on where you're like, oh, what does that mean? And what does that mean? And doesn't get resolved. No, it, none of it matters. Oh, no. None of it is symbolic. Oh, no. All you have to do is watch the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. And there's your story. All the guts in between that you think you're putting something together, just filler. Like they just wasted your fucking time. Yeah. Okay. So watch the fr- your advice is watch the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. Or just don't watch it. And you're good. <laughs> Or watch it and make your own opinion. <laughs> and and some people, and then you know, I went on to look at some of the reviews, and people were trying to make it much more profound. And this one guy broke it down. He goes, "Guys, listen, I'm not going to give it away, but he's like, the killer just did this and then went and did that. Like it's that <laughs> simple." And everyone's like, "Oh, that's lame." It's like, yeah, uh huh, yeah, it's um, yeah, disappointing. Yeah, <sighs> I'm sorry. I I actually watched. I saw a really good movie. Did not disappoint me. It's a movie called The Old Ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. From 2020, 90 minutes long. Christina, a journalist of Mexican origin, travels to her ancestral home in Veracruz, in Veracruz to investigate a story of sorcery and healing. There she is kidnapped by a group of locals who claim she's the devil incarnate. So... I programmed this on the Discord for us to watch together because I had done a bunch of research about it and read about it. Now, like the IMDb rating and stuff is only like five out of 10. So, you know, if you look around, that's what you're going to find. But I did a bunch of research and read about this movie like several times. I'm, I, and I kept coming back to it like, I think I'm actually going to like this movie. It was pleasantly surprising. I mean, like I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, so what I would say is that it's definitely worth a watch. And I would also say that I believe it's a great addition to the exorcism-possessed subgenre of horror it had a little humor too it had a little humor i remember you saying that because we watched it together and you were like it was kind of funny too (laughs) and so it threw in some funny stuff and i really enjoyed it i thought the performances were good i thought the i thought the horror was good i thought the spooky stuff was good and i really enjoyed the different culture being wrapped into that and I very much enjoyed how I like a good crone character, an older woman character who is, you know, generally evil or crazy or whatever. But I like it when they're solid, when it's a solid person that is very intriguing and interesting. So I loved that part of it. And I don't, I'm going to look at what that woman's name, Julia Vera. The main girl? No, the oh. woman who played the older woman, the crone oh, character, yeah, the yeah. old witch. She was good. And then the woman who played, I guess, Christina, Bridget Cali Canales, I believe is her name. She was really good, I thought. 
So good acting solid. Here's what I would say is it's not necessarily anything you haven't seen before, but I would say like possession and exorcism movies, they are few and far between as far as the ones that do it well. And I did feel like for an exorcism movie, I thought it did have a new take on that subgenre. And I, I do feel like I would watch it again. And that's my kind of barometer for a movie that I would recommend. Like, would I sit down and watch this movie again? Like, I'll say, oh, it's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. You know, you've said that recently. You know, you say that a lot. Like, hey, you know what? It's worth a watch. And we say that it's worth one watch. But I'm saying it's worth one watch. But I would sit down and watch this one again. Like, okay. if I was like, oh, if I'm in the mood for an exorcism movie. Okay. I, I might choose this or I would, if I was with a friend or something and they were sort of saying, I'm in the mood for, you know, demons and exorcism and stuff. And mm-hmm. I would say, Oh, have you seen? So that's okay. the way I see it. It was a different take on possession stuff. I yeah, would give you that. I thought yeah. so. It sounds like you didn't like it as much as me, but that's okay. No, I mean, I thought I, I didn't, but I, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was good. I, I don't think I'd watch it again. Well, and I don't think that's a subgenre that you particularly no. like. Yeah. So I that, mean, it's hit or miss. But, and that's, and that's, you know, as listeners, obviously that's the thing. That's why we tell you our bias. That's right. Is because like, it's my bias. And so I'm always looking for a good one in that genre. Mm-hmm. But you know what, when something is your thing, you can also be really harshly critical of it. Yep. Like, like you love slashers. Mm-hmm. If slashers bad, you might actually be more critical than me because mm-hmm. you're, you hold it to a higher standard. So just take it into your listener, listening to us and our recommendations that I love that stuff. And Kathy doesn't really, I also did want to mention that I have started some of my yearly Halloween watches as well. Do you have things that you watch every Halloween season? For sure. Okay. So Poltergeist was one check did that. But the other one I did that I watch every year is Frank and weenie. That movie makes me cry. Yes. Because I got Belle right when that movie was coming out. So 2012 around there. So she even she's has a, a Frankenweenie. She even has a sparky stuffed down. <gasps> she's a Frankenweenie she baby. Is. She's Frankenweenie baby. Okay. Comedy animation, 87 minutes long. It's got a, I'll just tell you if you have never seen Frankenweenie, which is a travesty. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a lovely one. Thematically, it is got it's the trigger warning for grief and the trigger warning for pets dying because Frank and weenie, I'm not giving you anything away. Frankenstein, <laughs> Frank and weenie. He, I mean, clearly he comes back. <laughs> clearly the dog comes back. So the dog comes back. So live in that hope that your dogs can come back. I really think it's a beautiful allegory for like so many horror movies where we can't really deal with loss and grief in mm-hmm. a way that it's very difficult and especially pets dying. Of course that's difficult, but yes, this is a crier and it's Tim Burton y'all. So he directed it and produced it and it's one of my Halloween watches. So I have checked that one off my list for the year. Do you have ones coming up that you are going to imbibe in that you'd like to share? Oh yes. And I watch them most of the time at Halloween, but sometimes throughout the year as well. Fair. Um, The original fright night. Okay. Is a big right. one for me, and sure. one that is uh, will go with the the animation. Yes, pa- Paranorman. <gasps> I watch that one every year too. Paranorman's a fave. Love it. Great. And then obviously the Great Pumpkin, but you know, <laughs> Charlie Brown. Yeah, got to throw that in. I try to watch that really close to Halloween, like literally. Oh yeah, that- I even like to watch it with the commercials if it's on. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, literally just the two or three days around Halloween, I like to mm-hmm. throw in the Charlie Brown. And then I'll watch it like five times. Exactly. Yeah. On on a loop, really. Because yeah, it's just, only 20 minutes long. It, it really is because commercials made it like 40. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you guys. You know what? Happy Halloween. It's almost the end of September. I'm just going to say it for a long, forever. Maybe in March, I'll be saying happy Halloween. I mean. Why not? Halloween all year long. Ain't nobody the boss of me. I am. Okay. (laughs) So we are the clown show here today because this is literally what just happened. We wrapped up our show like everything was fine and we realized something was missing. Trivia answers were missing. We do all this work. Yeah. We aren't going to be those people. No. We make a promise at the beginning of the show that we're going to do trivia and have answers at the end. We're going to give you the damn answers. But I had to play the clown. <laughs> I had to play the clown cue because it's the clown show. So you're hearing this. I just punched this in. We were talking about something else probably. Or I made it really super seamlessly and, and brilliant and you don't even know. That's but probably now, it. But now I'm That's letting you know it. because we like to be transparent around it's here. the latter. When we fuck it up. All right. Number one. Okay. What horror film is about a young woman's sexual awakening that brings horror when she discovers her urges transform her into a monstrous black leopard? I do not know. Cat people. You know, I was going to say cat women or something, but I I mean, obviously. That's a classic. Yeah. I haven't watched that. I don't know if I've... We might have to... I've seen that, but I don't remember We might have to watch that one. That's an old classic. Okay. Number two, what is Jason Voorhees' weakness? Water. You got it. Ah, I knew that one. I knew that one. That's why I know that I, I know one of the five. How many years has the holiday of Halloween been around? 92. 92 years? <laughs> I just... Or 1992. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, 6,000 years. Yeah, no, I, I was going yeah. for years, and I was... Uh, believe to have originated around 4,000 BC. Okay, 6,000 years. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Obviously, it <laughs> didn't look like the Halloween we have no. now, but... And you said it, it originated when? 4,000 BC. Wow. Okay. Around that time. Um, Number four, in the movie American Werewolf in London, all the songs have this word in it. Oh! What are they doing that to? Uh, A howl? What are they doing that to? Uh, Where do they go do it? To the moon? Yeah. Is moon the word? Oh, okay. So bad moon rising? I got a hint. Yeah. Nice. Number five. Can you name three of the 13 scariest horror film soundtracks okay, ever this, written? Okay, this one I did want to take a stab at, obviously, okay. because I feel as if... No pun intended. I, <laughs> pun intended. Pun intended, really. So I'm going to throw out some of the ones that I think are, and if they made the list, then I win. Halloween. Yep. Psycho. It's not on here, but... Oh, yeah, no, it is. You're right. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. No, mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay if they're not. I'm mm-hmm. just saying the ones that I think are I'd Jaws. I'd be surprised if it was. Yes. Jaws. Mm-hmm. And I know I was only supposed to do three, and I've already won, but I'm going to give a few more. Yeah, go ahead. The Shining. Uh, yep. <gasps> Yay, I didn't know if that one would be there. The Exorcist. 
Yes, and to me, it's the scariest one. Oh, it's, my God. It's, it's the tubular bells, and it is terrifying, and he searched forever to get that soundtrack. And it's one of the it's one of the many things that adds to why I love that movie. Because it's why kind it, of happy. Yes. Oh, it's just terrifying. It's, it's so, so scary. flippin' scary. Yeah. And then I also added The Omen. Uh, good. Oh, yeah. Omen's on here, too. Yep. And then one more that I thought of, which was like a newer one, which is Saw. Yep. Okay. Well, those Look are the only you. ones. I, the, I so all that's left, which I thought was weird, was Ghost, as in the Patrick Swayze ghost. <laughs> like the background music, is Whoopi Goldberg. A, is that a joke? I, no, I don't know. I'm like, I don't remember that being terrifying. Uh, Beetlejuice. Don't think that's scary. Also not terrifying. Um, and Under the Skin, which I've never seen. <gasps> oh, yeah. Well, that movie is really off-putting. Yes. And then the two, the last two are The Thing and Rosemary's Baby. Oh, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Yep. If I had thought of one more minute, I might have come up with that one, too, because that was scary, yeah, too. You, and we've watched that recently. Job. Yeah, we did. I did pretty good. So yeah. I got two out of five, which is pretty good for me. Well, you actually got like... Eight out of nine out of 13. <laughs> no, I meant out of all of the questions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that was a th- three parter. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we really appreciate <laughs> you and putting the up with the fact that we just punched this into the episode. We did a bad. We did a bad. And here's your trivia. And thank you so much for listening. Let's do our regular sign off because you never know. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.